I'm Colleen, and this podcast is an inside look at recovery, which I define as a lifelong journey to get out of your own way and become your own best friend. Join me for mindset upgrades that move you from worry and regret to resilience and confidence. I'll share easy strategies for how to feel better without having to make major changes. Because it's not what you do, it's who you are. Self-care is the path to recovery because our needs are not negotiable. So in this session, we're going to talk about loneliness. And if you've clicked into it with an awareness that you are experiencing loneliness, let me tell you that you are way ahead of the game. Loneliness is not something that we are used to talking about. Um, We're very comfortable when we look at elderly people or people that have lost their spouse or gone through a divorce. We're very comfortable using the word, they're lonely. But it's often kind of shameful, especially for those of us that are living high-functioning lives. Um, But it's so common. And really, I've not met a person who struggles with addiction that doesn't have loneliness. Um, A lot of times we're using substances as well as behaviors and people to cover our loneliness. And I'll just share a little of my personal personal history with loneliness. I um, had no clue that I suffered from loneliness. Um, When I was a kid, I definitely felt kind of left out. My family moved a lot And so I was always on the outside of groups. Um, I felt insecure. I was comfortable with that word. But I was the oldest of four children, and I come from a big family. So I was never alone. And that is the big misconception with loneliness, that loneliness is somehow an absence of people. Um, It's not. And I will, that's that's the good news, because there there are, it is a need that you can meet for yourself. So that's the good news. Um, the bad news is that it's still very painful um, to deal with, but it's definitely something that you can look inside to deal with. It You don't have to rely on other people to meet the need that the loneliness has. Um, and we'll get into that. But first, let me share with you. Again, I grew up Um, surrounded by people. And I went right into my adult life and created beautiful chaos. It's been chaos. I got married really uh, young at 20. um, And then the moment the ink was dry on our college degrees, and we both had uh, jobs with health insurance, I got pregnant. And I had four children. And life was just big. Four children, you know, always multiple dogs, you know, at one point we had three dogs include and guinea pigs and, you know, dogs and guinea pigs don't get along. And I always filled my life with volunteer work. You know, I worked a little bit on the side. I quit working full time after my second son was born. I was a high school chemistry teacher. But then once um, I had children, I stayed home and then I taught aerobics and yoga and, you know, volunteered at the schools and just go, 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 be, be, be all the time. And I was about 36 
And um, I was in a conflict with another person. And that person said something to me that slapped my face. And it was probably an offhanded comment. But he said, you are a very lonely person. And I'm not lonely. And in fact, I retorted, I haven't peed with the door shut in 15 years because of all my children. Being lonely would be a luxury. That was my retort. But it really stuck with me. Um, And at that time, you know, I I was still controlling my alcohol. But for sure, um, for many years, I was a bottle of wine most nights. Um, I really didn't think that was a problem because I was so high functioning and I woke up feeling fine and I exercised and I did all the things for all the people and I was awesome and everybody liked me. I didn't have conflicts in my friendships. You know, I, I was just, life was good. So I didn't see that as a problem. But, you know, in addition to the alcohol, I also was a closet bulimic. Um, I kind of thought, had hoped, you know, that it started in grade school and I had hoped, you know, that I'd outgrow it, but it followed me into midlife and it, I was just not processing any of my feelings. And one of the feelings that, you know, that first time when that person said that to me, the, that was the first time I considered that loneliness was an issue. And I thought about that for several years. It was many years before I realized that, oh, that was the case because Again, loneliness is not the absence of people. Loneliness is the absence of a connection with yourself. And having a strong sense of your own identity would mean that you're never alone. Whether you're in solitude or in a crowd of people, you enjoy your own company. You know who you are. You feel secure and grounded. And loneliness is the absence of that connection. And that's what I mean when I say the good news is with loneliness, you don't have to go out and reconstruct your whole life. You know, if you don't have a partner or, you know, your children are grown, it's the middle of COVID and you can't go anywhere. Loneliness is a feeling. It's not an external set of circumstances. And the antidote for loneliness is connection with yourself. And that is such a perplexing thing. You know, it's like good to know. Like, what am I doing wrong? What else can I do? Especially if you're a high functioning person, like I've always been. Okay, so what can I put on my to-do list? How can I fix this? And the antidote to loneliness and the way you form a connection with yourself is the same way you form a connection with any person. You spend time with that person. You know, we think of self-care as you know, uh, I equate it to like getting your car washed on the outside, but that's all it is. Self-care is actually all of the maintenance, you know, changing the oil and getting the gas and taking care of checking the tire pressure. Self-care is a lot of work. It is, it, it is like babysitting. It's, you know, taking care of your needs, spending time. It's not just pedicures and getting your hair done. You know, a lot of that, I always equated self-care. I took care of myself because I looked good. You know, I exercised because I wanted to be skinny and I got my hair done because I want to be pretty, all of that stuff. And 
ultimately, you know, that's this much self-care, taking care of the outside. It's really taking care of the inside. And one of the um, things that I I use the term, and I don't know if somebody else made it up or if I made it up, but I call it emotional hygiene. And that was one thing that I wasn't doing when I was in active addiction. I wasn't um, taking the time to process my emotions. I was just my favorite term was, I'm just going to drink through this. And indeed, I tried to do that. But emotions have energy and they get stuck inside of us. So loneliness is not just about feeling lonely. And it, again, it's a disconnect with ourself. And then that covers all the emotions, the anger and the fear and the resentment and the anxiety, all of those emotions that we have that we're not processing ultimately contribute to loneliness. So emotional hygiene to me, um, now that I practice it on a regular basis, feels like flushing the toilet after you go to the bathroom. Uh, If you flush it on a regular basis, your system's not going to back up. It also, the first time that you, you know, go in and this is an a foreign thing, you're not used to processing your feelings, it is all backed up in there. It's going to be a mess for a little bit. You know, there may be tears and you might have to write in a journal and it may seem like such high maintenance. And that's why perhaps you might be avoiding it because you just don't want to deal with it. But I tell you what, it happens so quick as you begin to acknowledge and validate your feelings Um, it becomes a habit and a practice, you know? So in early sobriety for me, it meant hours writing in my journal, but within a month or two, you know, I worked through those things and, and I still had some of the thoughts and the stories, but the depth of the emotion that I had been avoiding that was keeping me disconnected and then perpetuating feelings of loneliness, um, that all started to go away. So the good news, I can say I was a very lonely person right in the middle of a shit show. However, I've never done just loneliness work. Like, okay, today I'm going to work on my loneliness. I've simply started processing my emotions, practicing emotional hygiene, and I don't feel lonely anymore. Um, I used to even consciously be quite aware I did not like to be left alone. That was when I would drink the most. When I was drinking in front of people, I was always in control. In fact, I might not drink. I'd save it until I got home because I don't want to be around people um, and lose control or whatever. So I was kind of a, a closet drunk, um, I would drink by myself. I mean, I was always drinking in front of other people. Don't get me wrong. I just always kept it social. If I went out with friends, I would keep it to, if I was driving, you know, two glasses or less, if I was Ubering, you know, maybe three. Um, but I always saved that I could not be alone. And I can remember, you know, as a mother who's busy, not only do I have four children, I have three stepchildren. So I have not one husband, but two husbands and big family and three mother-in-laws. I mean, there's a lot in this story, but So you would think that if I could get an evening alone, that would just be, oh, I would just soak it up. I would need that. And I did need it, but I didn't know what to do with it. I would just pour a drink the minute I could and, you know, time your watch within two hours, I would be in bed. And it was just very sad. I didn't know how to be alone. 
um, that was loneliness and I didn't have a connection with myself. So, um, one thing to know or to remember is that the loneliness you feel, first of all, it's internal, it's not external. So if you recognize that you're feeling loneliness, you know, we, we make up stories in our mind to make sense of what we're feeling. And the story may be, you know, deep and dark, you know, of why you're lonely or why you've never had any friends or you're just destined to be alone. Maybe your partnership relationships aren't going well. Um, you've been abandoned. You've experienced loss. All of those stories are not why you're lonely. The loneliness comes from the disconnect with inside. It's a reflection of what's going on with you. So how do you deal with loneliness? Um, the first thing that you do is you acknowledge it you name it, and you welcome it in. We're so used to avoiding and flinching when it comes to pain, especially when we're drinking. It's not that we are fundamentally incapable of feeling our feelings. We've just gotten out of the habit. You know, the alcohol habit, if we're celebrating, cheers. You know, if we're sad, cheers. If we're anxious, I'll make it a double, you know, all of those things. We're just out of the habit of processing our emotions. So the first thing that you do is you let it be and you acknowledge it. Um, and when you do that, what you realize is that loneliness is not physically painful. It feels like a dull ache. Um, sometimes it's heart wrenching, but ultimately it's not physically unbearable. So as I started to say earlier, just like you would take the time, time and energy and respect and attention in any other relationship, you wouldn't expect a partnership relationship where you never spent time with someone you ignored and neglected all of their needs. And you wouldn't expect that to go well. And yet somehow we think that we can survive without a relationship with ourselves. We're ignoring our feelings. We're neglecting our needs. We're not being honest about what we feel and think because we don't want to deal with our own bullshit. It's not even other people's. It's our own. We just don't have the space and time because we're afraid. We fear the pain that's underneath. When in reality, even the first time you do this, it's going to be bigger than maybe what I'm dealing with every single day. Um, I don't feel like I have this reservoir of pain inside me anymore. Um, so the first time you may feel that, but honestly, it's just sitting there. And, you know, loneliness also. I think another word that comes up a lot as, as a feeling is boredom. Um, and so we drink to avoid the boredom. And really, we're just avoiding the uncomfortable feeling of not knowing how to be here with ourselves. It's, it feels foreign. It feels weird. But, you know, um, well, let me skip that. Um, I'll come back to that. So. Flinching and running away from how you feel, really it just takes literally putting your butt in the seat or laying down in a meditative state and committing to spending time, not listening to podcasts, 
not watching Netflix, these are not alone times that count. They're great. But in terms of spending time with yourself, you know, a lot of times my husband will, for our one date night, he's been gone for weeks and he'll say, oh, let's watch a movie. And I'm like, well, I can watch a movie on my own time. That's not really us spending time together. And sometimes we do watch a movie. But when I'm saying spend time with yourself to process these feelings, I mean really paying attention. And, you know, the first time you acknowledge that there's loneliness and you set aside some time to process whatever's in there, just, okay, let's look at it. You may be greeted with numbness. That's a feeling too, but don't mistake numbness for boredom and don't think that you don't have to process numbness as well. There's more in there and you just have to give it time. So how do you deal with loneliness? The first thing that you do is acknowledge it. And then the second thing that you do is you create time and space to process not just your loneliness, but all of your emotions. Um, Then what you have to do and what may feel weird is you have to empathize with yourself. And we recognize in relationship with other people that humans need validation. And So we have to emphasize with ourselves in the same way that we would with a friend. So sitting with our loneliness, you know, it's important whether you say the words out loud or I often put my one hand over another and I just feel it and I say, I'm here with you. And so I'm talking to myself, you know, I am here with you. And it feels really, really good. And really, it's our higher self talking to our human self, or it's our psyche talking to our our spirit talking to our psyche. However, you want to language who's who in this situation, there are two perspectives. There's, There's the mind and the brain and the psyche. And then there's the wisdom, the soul, the spirit, whatever. So when you spend time dealing with your loneliness and other feelings, you want to allow your higher self to communicate to your lower self. Again, I like to put one hand over my other and kind of grab it and say, I see you. I, I feel your pain. And, and we empathize and we acknowledge and we witness. And that's what we ask other people to do. And yet we find ourselves in relationships that don't seem authentic. Well, if we've not acknowledged who we are and what we need, how in the hell can we expect other people to do it? If we're not willing to step up and, and meet our own needs, who are we to ask other people to do it? You know, so with especially with loneliness, um, we, we tend to project our loneliness as on other people, like it's their fault. It's their responsibility to meet our needs. And I'll give you an example. Um, And this again is the good news. So um, I've probably mentioned before, my husband works a lot and he's gone a lot in the evenings. And now that my children are grown, I find myself alone. And that used to be, oh, I would just, I'd be pissed because I deserve better than this and I deserve a partner. You know, and the whole time I'm drinking wine till I fall asleep. Well, who's really neglecting my needs? I was. I was ignoring myself. I was ignoring my own needs. So it becomes really powerful when you can sit with your needs and see the pain and take responsibility. And there's nothing to do except feel it. I I see you, I feel you. And then the other thing with loneliness um, and emotional hygiene in general 
there's a time and a place to process thoughts. And in other videos, we do the thought hack and we do the intentional um, thought models. And all of these are tools to help us work through our stories. But during emotional hygiene, when you're processing loneliness or any other negative emotion, it's really important to not to separate your feelings and your thoughts. And this is also something that meditation would work for, where you're present and you're breathing, but you're not following the story. So when you're dealing with loneliness, simply acknowledging the sensations, paying attention to your breath, paying attention to perhaps the, the feeling in your heart, and just looking at that with curiosity, instead of getting caught in the story, you don't want to have a pity party. This is not a pity party throwing session. There are times to work through anger and you know writing letters to people that you're never maybe going to send and all of that and getting into that story. But when you're processing emotion and doing emotional hygiene, it's very important to kind of let the story be. You don't have to figure everything out. You don't have to figure out why you're feeling lonely or how you are feeling lonely or who abandoned you and where this issue came from and blah, blah, blah. You just have to feel. So um, avoiding the pity party is really important. And then, you know, doing emotional hygiene on a regular basis, you want to be careful, especially in the early days where there is that reservoir of pain and there are a lot of stories you haven't worked through. You want to set a time limit. Um, so, you know, what this might look like is five, 10 minutes a day or 30 minutes on the weekends, whatever. The more you do it on a daily basis, though, kind of the easier it's going to be. But just setting that time limit so you don't get sucked into some black hole that you can't get out of, um, especially if you're prone to depression, you know, keeping it light, setting the intention to feel the loneliness or feel whatever else comes up for you. Breathe, acknowledge it, and feel it. Is there anything I need right now? You know, and that's really it. And, and the need then would be the, the last component of dealing with it when you're sitting with it, looking at what it is you need. You know, so back to my experience with my husband being gone all the time, I need more friendship and connection. Um, and I don't need that from a romantic partner. You know, if my husband's not home, I don't need to be like, well, I guess I'll go have an affair. That that's not it, but I have a need for people. So not all the time. I actually really enjoy my own alone time now. Um, I've learned that my own company is kind of the best um, or certainly up there. But if I have a need for more interaction with people, then I am responsible. So maybe I'm signing up to take a class, joining a book club, calling my sister and making plans or being of service in some way, volunteering somewhere when he's not home. Um, I can take responsibility for my need and I don't have to project onto one person, well, I need this. You're responsible for giving it to me. You're not giving it to me. So I guess I'll just drink. Taking responsibility for our needs um, this, the first thing we must do is identify them. So as you're experiencing loneliness, you know, looking at what needs you have and where you're expecting or trying to get them need to, to get them met, you know, maybe there's relationships that feel really hollow. Um, and it could be it's because you're not showing up authentic and it could be because they're an asshole or not capable. And so, 
you know, that doesn't mean you have to break up that friendship if it's important to you or if it's a family member, but it's just recognizing that, oh, I wanted this relationship to be this for me. It's not, I still need this. Where else can I get it from? So dealing with loneliness, um, it's very important to look at the needs. And and so many needs that go with loneliness are that need for connection, that need for variety, the need for certainty, the need for uh, making a contribution and being of value, of growth, of feeling significant, of feeling validated. So looking at where in your life are you getting growth and significance and validation? And if you're not getting it, where can you get it? And if you're not getting the right kind, where else can you supplement? that from. So, you know, the again, loneliness is something we don't talk about. It's something that we feel ashamed of, like we've done something wrong. But that's because of the misperception that loneliness is the absence of people or friendships. It's not. It's an absence of your sense of identity. And the more you make friends with yourself, and that requires time and connection and validation, and the and exploration, you know, so writing in the journal, um, a lot more of our exercises going through the program where you're looking at your values and your strengths and your character traits, positive and negative, and just getting to know who you are, that is how you form a connection with yourself. And to me, that was the most daunting. You know, first somebody tells me I'm lonely, and then somebody tells me, well, the answer is forming a connection with yourself. And I'm like, I have a connection with myself. You know, look, I do my hair, I take care of my kids, I'm vegan, I like the color blue. I mean, what else do you want from me? Um, And what I wanted and needed was more attention and time. So looking at alone time and seeing loneliness and boredom is your cue to move into that and sit with that loneliness, sit with that boredom, see what's beneath it, feel, practice emotional hygiene, and be with yourself even when it's hard. Stop flinching and stop running away from the pain and and the reservoir of emotion. You know, it does come out, but it is a controlled release. It's not going to overwhelm and kill you. And ultimately, it's moving that energy through so that you're not feeling so stagnant and stuck and hopeless. When you have that connection with yourself and you know what your needs are, you feel powerful. It's very empowering. So um, that's it for the loneliness video. And if you are lonely, just know that so many people are experiencing the same thing. And it's not a reflection of your lack of value. It's not a reflection of your ability to be a friend. Um, if you're having trouble with relationships, it's, it could, like I said, could be because you're choosing assholes. But most likely, it's also because you simply don't have a strong sense of identity and you're projecting your identity. And when you are identifying with a projection out here, you have to disconnect from in here. And then you're, you're looking at how that projection is being reflected back to you. Do people like me? And then you start seeking your identity in the reflection of others. And it just doesn't work that way. So, um, make the connection inside and, um, 
We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please take the time to rate and review the show so that other people can find it. I really appreciate it. And check out the show notes for any resources I've mentioned, including links to follow me on Instagram and join my private Facebook group where I connect with my tribe every day. I love it in there and we have so much fun. And finally, if you're ready to redefine sobriety so that you can feel excited about quitting drinking, follow the link to my 10 Days to Spontaneous Sobriety course, where I will help you eliminate, eradicate, obliterate, cancel your desire to drink. Because looking and feeling your best is addictive too. I'll see you soon.